Welcome to episode number eight on Backwards by Design, a space for teachers to get real. On this podcast, you will hear me talk about the stuff we love, the stuff we find frustrating, and the stuff we wonder about when it comes to our lives as educators. In this space, we are going to be real, honest, kind, and above all else, professional. So let's get to it. Again, as with most episodes here, I'm going to give the teacher's perspective, but I've no doubt anyone who spent time with kids is going to be able to relate. Something I also feel is important to share, especially with today's episode, is that what I talk about here on this podcast is based purely on my own experiences and what I've learned through them. And I hope that maybe you'll learn something along the way too, or maybe it'll challenge you to think about something in a different way. So, Picture this, you've had a rushed morning, you hit the snooze button way too many times, and your regular routine in the morning got thrown off for whatever reason. Maybe it was kids, pets, a partner, someone came to the door, you forgot to switch your laundry over to the dryer last night, you name it, we've all been there. And now you have to get yourself to work, finish getting a few things ready for the day, and when you get to work, the photocopier isn't working. Plan B also involves the photocopier, so let's come up with plan C. Now it's time for the bell to ring and the kids are making their way in. You're still working through in your head how you're going to navigate plan C, because ready or not, it's time to go. The bell rings and here come your students. You're ready and you meet them at the door to say good morning. If you don't meet your kids at the door of your classroom every morning, I want to challenge you to try it out. It's the best habit I started when I first started teaching. And if for some reason I have to miss it, I actually miss it. And it throws off my day. It's the best part of my day. Okay, now back to your morning. Two of your students seem to be arguing with each other over something that happened in a football game at recess. You've been working hard to help this group of students navigate how to deal with a disagreement on the playground, and every day for the last couple of weeks there's been an issue. Instead of saying good morning, you say to both of your students something along the lines of, how many times have we had to talk about football being an issue? No more football the rest of the week. You didn't say hello or good morning to either of these kids. You went into problem solver mode and you did your best to handle the situation. But did you handle the situation well? We've all been there. For the rest of the day, one of those students essentially just doesn't listen to you no matter which form of communication you try with them. They're upset with you and they're going to let you know it. You didn't side with them on their recess problem and now they can't play football at recess You, in essence, in their mind, have ruined their day. Next recess rolls around and there's no football to be played because that option has been taken away. These students decide to go play grounders on the play structure. But it's not long before there's now an issue with the game being played. They're fighting over rules and, well, pretty much no one is happy and the whole class has had enough of the day. You included. Now... What would happen if, instead of dealing with the football problem right away as they were coming in, you chose to say good morning, thank them for letting you know about the problem and reassuring them that you will have a conversation about the football game, but you would like to say good morning to everyone first to start their day. As they continue into the classroom, you ask them to think about the part that they played in the problem and if there is anything they need to own. Asking them to think about this while they wait for you gives them some time to let their emotions come to a more calmer space 
And when you do get the chance to help them through the problem, you are able to discern what actually happened, who was involved, and then you involve those with the problem to discuss how they feel the issue should be dealt with. The day started, it's time to get everyone settled and onto their first task. Once everyone is working, you call over the students who are playing football and have a conversation with them about what happened. Once you've talked it through, establish what's expected going forward, and have each student verbally share a goal of what they will do next time, all the students involved in the football issue are working within 10 minutes and they're focused. Recess rolls around, you give a quick reminder to everyone to make a positive choice and use their words if a problem comes up. Recess comes and goes, everyone comes in, and there's no issue that needs to be dealt with. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that tomorrow the whole thing will quite likely repeat itself in some way, shape, or form. But the second scenario created a much calmer day for both you and the students. And in my experience, it's also worked to help create trust between you and that student or those students, depending on the issue. So here are some simple little phrases that I have found seem to make a huge difference when working through a situation or challenging moment with a student. I've got a few of them here for you. Just going to go through them and perhaps they'll give you something to think about. So number one, somebody comes up to you with a problem saying so-and-so did something. You talk to the kid who's being blamed and your first reaction is, why did you do that? Instead of saying something along the lines of, can you tell me how you're feeling right now? Can you talk to me about the part that you played? When we change it to where we're having a conversation with the student, it's a huge trust building piece and kids respond to this. Number two, take your shoes off. So kids come in in the morning, first thing you say to them, take your shoes off. What if we said, hello, good morning, how are you? Let's make sure we take those shoes off to keep the school clean. This way you're saying, hey, good morning, glad you're here. Let's make sure those shoes come off so that we do what the school requires and needs of us and we help keep it clean. Now, next one comes from kids are already in the classroom, assuming they have indoor shoes because the reality is not all kids do, but you're saying to your kids, get your shoes on. What if you said to them, hey, can you tell me where your shoes are? Why don't you have them on your feet? Number four, stop moving around in your seat and pay attention. What if we tried, do you need a break to help your body get calm? Or, hey, I noticed you've been moving around a lot. Is there something I can do to help you get focused? These conversations don't need to be had in front of a bunch of other kids. They can be private one-on-one conversations. You know your kids. Figure out when it works. Number five, clean up your mess. You could say instead, hey, there's a mess over here, you guys. I'm not sure who did it. Our classroom needs it to be cleaned up so we can move forward in a calm and comforting space. And I need someone to take ownership ownership of it and clean it up. This doesn't always work, but it does sometimes. Number six, tie your shoes. And we know we've all said this to the same student probably 10 times a day. What if we said, hey, Would you like me to practice tying your shoes with you? I notice you're having a hard time keeping them tied up. This is going to go one of two ways. If you're working with younger kids, they might say, yeah, I would like some help. If you're working with older kids, they might go, okay, I get it. Yep, I need to keep my shoes tied. And guess what? There's some older kids that don't know how to tie their shoes too. So read the room, read the situation. If they need help learning how to tie their shoes, help them. And the last one, and I say the last one because this one has been making 
me second guess and think about some of my words this year because I cannot tell you how many times I've said this. So I just gave you a pencil yesterday. The number of pencils that I have given out this year, I swear someone is like either hiding them in the walls or I don't know what, but I've tried to work on saying something along the lines of, I feel like I've been giving you a lot of pencils lately. Can you help me understand why or how you keep losing them? I'm struggling with this one this year. I easily have students that go through five pencils a week. I know it's it seems excessive and it is excessive. It seems wasteful. There's so many things. But I have to remind myself that for me and my students this year, losing a pencil is one of the probably smallest worries in their day. And it shouldn't be a worry at all because they've got so many other things on their brains. And if I can give them a pencil and it's going to encourage them to try and do something, I'm going to give them a pencil. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not someone who believes that the world works on kind words and friendship. There are times when kids need a firm voice, but they also need a fair voice. We, as educators and people working in the buildings, we can let them know we don't like a decision they've made or a behavior that they have been demonstrating that needs to be changed. When we support kids and we help them be aware of their actions as opposed to simply just reacting right in that moment, there is something about the feeling that creates trust in a relationship with a child. When they know they are in a safe space and can be heard, my own experiences have taught me that this can make all the difference. If you give something new a try, I'd love for you to share. Send me a message. However you want to connect, I'd love to hear about it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and sometimes Twitter and TikTok. Have a great Sunday.